Welcome to Truth, Lies, and Cover-Ups. I'm Tracy Brown, the fraud-busting body language expert. I've spent the last 20 years reading people, uncovering secrets hidden in plain sight to find the truth in crimes, politics, and billion-dollar business deals. And I want you to be able to tell whose pants are on fire, make better decisions, and build your bottom line as well. Get ready. Let's dive in. It's Tracy, and I am back again with super producer Alex for another episode of Truth, Lies, and Cover-Ups. Alex, how are you? Tracy, thanks for having me. I'm doing well, thanks. Now, me and you are big-time cyclists. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And... Um, Don't get me started on this last crank set I bought that I got completely <laughs> snookered on, because evidently the chain ring bolts, the, the eight bolts that go in it, which are not available for 13 months, are going to cost $120. Yeah. So these are these are five cent bolts is what yep. he's talking about. And for $120. Um, I got a bigger scam in cycling than five cent bolts, Alex. Oh, yeah. What do you got? We got our guest today. Who? Terry. Terry Armstrong, Lance Armstrong's dad. Oh, this was a, so, and you actually tell me how you met him. I met him on a plane. I and? met him on a plane because I grew up in Dallas. Lance Armstrong was a teammate of mine. I did not meet his dad all those years ago. And I met him on a plane a couple of years back and we have become friends. You just sat down on the plane and he was sitting right next to you, wasn't he? Uh, it was, it was actually, and we, we met in line on Southwest. You know how they line you up on Southwest? No. And we met in line and I asked him to, to sit next to me. Oh, you could just sit anywhere you want. Yeah, on Southwest, Southwest you can sit anywhere you want. Yeah. Huh, okay. Yeah, and huh. so I said to him, I said, "I've got some real questions. Will you give me some real answers?" And he said, "Yes." And I asked him some questions that nobody would know unless they were there at the time. And he and he got the answer right. <laughs> and, oh, meaning you were you were giving him like trial questions to find yeah. out if he was telling you the yeah, truth. Yeah, see if he was really the guy that he, gotcha. he was, right? Yeah. And everything lined up. And I'm telling you, he's the real deal. And he is going to tell us some bombshell information. About? About Lance, about uh -huh. how he, uh, the lies are bigger than anything it goes way past drug use. So we're still drug. on this. I mean, we have had any number of coming outs, if you will, about mm -hmm. Lance Armstrong. Mm -hmm. Well, all right, let me come clean about this on Oprah and let me come clean about this on, mm -hmm. you know, Tyler's thing or whatever. But and, and so now we've got another one. We've got another tell all about Lance. And this is new in information. Yes, it is new information. It runs deep in the family and it it is. uh it is almost I can't even put it into words what he's going to say. It, it so rocks the foundation of cycling. All right. So everybody needs to tune in for this one. You do not need mm -hmm. to be a cycling enthusiast for this, although it helps. It helps. But uh, even without it, I mean, this is a cultural icon, Lance mm -hmm. Armstrong. And to a lot of us, uh, or I should say to some of us, he is very much a cultural hero and a mm -hmm. cycling American hero who really kicked off cycling in our generation in yep. a way that nobody else has, not even Greg Lamont. He made it exciting. He really yeah. did. And so for that, he gets a lot of credit. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, you know, the, the all the achievements of winning races and whether or not they were done correctly and, you know, the, the chemical assistance, assistance he got, you could come to your own conclusions about that. We're not going to tell you what to think, of course, but it's interesting to see what more is going to come forward that we still haven't heard. And I can't wait to hear this. It is 
shocking. <laughs> it, <really laughs> is. it is tasing. It is. Yeah. It will be, you will be tased from your ears. <laughs> and I, th- I think what we need to do is quit talking about it and just get to Terry. That sounds great. Let's go. All right, let's go. It's Tracy and y'all, I got I am back with truth, lies and cover-ups. I got to tell you, I have never been more excited for an interview than what we have today. And today, here's why, because um, you all know this from the podcast. I grew up racing bikes and I had a teammate for a time and his name was Lance, Lance Armstrong, very uh, fast. Also, um, the biggest, as has been revealed as the biggest fraud in all of sports and I have his dad with us today. Terry Armstrong is in the house and he is going to reveal, like, I think we're going to have some bombshells today about what actually happened versus what was written in Lance's books, which we know should be filed in the fiction section anyway. So uh, Terry, thanks for coming on Truth, Lies and Cover-Ups. Sure. Glad to be here, Tracy. Now we met on an airplane. (laughs) We met on an airplane six or seven years ago, and um, you didn't know who I was. I didn't know who you were. And I asked you, because we're on Southwest, and I asked you, I said, would you sit next to me on the plane? I've got some real questions. Will you give me some real answers? And you said, absolutely. And it is. it was the, to date, the most fascinating plane ride I have ever, ever been on because well, if you had but Tracy if you have to remember is when I sat down next to you mm-hmm. and I think I might have had a briefcase at the time mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about it. I may have been carrying a briefcase that, that was I had embroidered and I had Terry Armstrong and then I had underneath it Livestrong but what happened I don't know if that was the same thing but what you did was I don't know how Lance came up maybe it was I introduced myself and you went hmm and then you started asking me some real good questions and I had all the answers. Well, you had, because I did not at first believe you. I did not. Yeah. I was like, who is this guy? And Cause here's what happened. Cause we were in line still at Southwest. What are you drinking? So, um, uh, um, uh, grapefruit juice. Oh, Oh, good God. That is sour. It makes okay. me taller. Okay. All right. Just, just curious. Okay. So, cause it looked like a fruity cocktail. <laughs> Early in the afternoon, you know. <laughs> okay. So here's what happened is you said, uh, we we're in line and you said, I was here and oh, my son lives here. And I said, great. Where's your son live? Well, he's in Aspen. I said, great. I know a lot of people in Aspen. Who's your son? Oh, well, he's a pro athlete. And I said, oh, great. I know a lot of pro athletes. Who's your son? You said, well, his name is Lance. You opened up your wallet and you pulled out a picture of the kid that I grew up with, with the, with the puffy hair and the headband. <laughs> around it made him look like a q-tip and and then i was like okay wait a minute we have some talking to do here uh because at that time things had just been revealed i had done some tv on uh, on the interview uh like was he telling the truth was he lying all these things so let's start from the beginning because i i just don't think that your narrative is out there the way that it should be because it just, it, and we're going to talk about that too. But so you married his mom when Lance, like Lance, it, it, you're his stepdad. Isn't that right? Well, let's, let's get, let's, let's change that narrative. Okay. Even Sports Illustrated mm-hmm. uh, 
came out and said Lance's stepfather. Okay. And everybody kept saying stepfather. Mm-hmm. Well, as you well know from having your your uh, your relatives in the state of Texas, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's nationwide, but in the state of Texas, when you adopt somebody, mm-hmm. which I adopted Lance when he was, I think, I believe seven. Okay. When they, when you go through the adoption process, they go into the person that you're adopting and they change their birth certificate. Oh, really? They change their birth certificate and they put me at that time, they put me as his father. Uh-huh. The, the nomenclature for a stepfather is the, the, the mother has a, has a uh, daughter or son mm-hmm. and she remarries. The, the husband of the marriage doesn't want to adopt, doesn't want to adopt the kid. Okay. Well, the kid wants to stay back, you know, stay with his dad. Uh-huh. So then that male role, that male model role in that house is a stepfather, just like a stepmother. Uh-huh. So that, so, you know, they go, well, this is my stepdad. Uh-huh. Well, he's, the names aren't the same. Got it. It's a different technical thing. Yeah. So that when I adopted Lance, uh-huh. I changed the, the, the uh, courts mm-hmm. changed his birth certificate to say Lance Armstrong. Okay. Before then he was Lance Gunderson. Okay. That was Linda's uh, husband. Okay. That, that fathered Lance. Mm-hmm. So they changed Lance's uh, birth certificate. So therefore I became his dad. Not a stepdad. Okay. Okay. Now, also in the state of Texas, where they made it so serious is that if you have a, if you adopt a child, you have to leave him at least one dollar. Uh huh. If he's not your son or not your daughter, and they're part of your family but not name wise, uh-huh. you don't owe him a dollar. You don't owe him anything. Uh-huh. Well, they did that way back. So they were trying to say, if you're going to adopt somebody, this is very serious business. Huh. Okay. The dollar deal. So when uh, Sports Illustrated kept going, well, in fact, this was a funny side note is they originally said in one of their, es- at one of their exposés. <laughs> yeah. They said, well, uh, Linda, after a, uh, uh, two quick marriages went on to marry somebody else. Uh-huh. So they kept doing that narrative and they kept saying, Terry, the stepfather. Uh-huh. So finally I went and I got a certified copy of the adoption papers. Uh-huh. I got a certified copy of, of the marriage license and a certified copy of the divorce decree. Uh-huh. And I said it, I sent it to uh, uh, Sports Illustrated. I said, figure it out. Uh-huh. He was three. We, I, uh, we divorced when he was 17. Uh-huh. Now figure out the years, guys. Uh-huh. It wasn't a quick marriage. Right. From three to 17. And, you know, it's kind of a spread. Yeah. His yeah. Name, his name is, is his last name was, of course, changed on the birth certificate to Lance. Uh-huh. I mean, Lance Armstrong. Right. And if you went back and saw the 30, 30. Yeah. Uh, 30 had, for 30. Goes, yeah. Yeah. He goes, you know, it was too late. I'd already established a brand, you know, Armstrong. I kind of like it. You know, I didn't want Gunderson. Uh So I kind of like Armstrong. So that, that, so when, when people come up to me 
because I'm real touchy about this. Uh-huh. Okay. Somebody comes up and goes, oh, yeah, uh, you're Lance's stepfather. I go, uh, 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 uh. He's my son. Uh-huh. Because he has my name. Yeah, uh, legal. Yeah. Through the courts. Mm-hmm. So when he got, when he had his kids, his first, his first kid was Luke. Uh-huh. He plays at Rice University. What's his last name? It's Armstrong, I think. It's Armstrong. Uh-huh. His, his other little boy, Armstrong. Uh-huh. So if he marries the baby mama, what's her last name going to be? Probably Armstrong. Armstrong, but they're not married. No, but I'm just saying is, you know, I, I get I get a little ticked off when somebody says, oh, you're a stepfather. Uh-huh. No. no, no, there's more commitment than this showing up. Yeah. And so one of the things that we can spin off from that is, and I, and I say it with all seriousness, uh-huh. when guys uh, come up and they know me, uh-huh. you know, they go or somebody says, hey, you know, that's Lance, 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 Lance Armstrong, dad. They always come up to me and they go, you should be so proud of your son. Uh-huh. Now, I immediately say, no, he's a liar and a cheat. Yeah, and well, he, yeah. And I said, you know, he, he, he is somewhere down the line forgotten that that is my last name. So, okay, wait. So let's talk about this. And, and we, may, we may talk, I may ask you this now. We may circle back around to it later. But, like... I, 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 I'm struggling talking about this because, because in the, in the Peloton is found out also in the women's Peloton is probably why I didn't do any better. It like drug use was just rampant. Drug use was just rampant and he didn't do anything. Anybody else wasn't doing sort of, I mean, he did it a lot better than that. And what, what people don't understand is you can't just do you take your shots, do your drugs. There's a lot of shots, by the way, like, like enough to where you have to pay, like, it is not a small deal. Right. And you have to train and, and you have to still do everything right. Like, it's not like you do your drugs and you sit on the couch and you eat TV dinners right? and you think everything's going to come out. So p- part of me is like, you know what? He, he played the game. He played the game that was going on better than anybody else. However, it was, it was still cheating, right? But everybody else was doing it. I mean, what's your stance on that? I mean, cause. Well, but what my stance is, I'll give you a good example is uh, uh, besides this interview, which mm-hmm. with, you know, I, you know, gladly do this is that uh, when he was on Oprah mm-hmm. and Oprah said, did you think it was cheating? Mm-hmm. And he said, well, I looked up in the dictionary what cheating was, and I realized I didn't do that. So my thing was, is that when people go, well, you know, Terry, everybody was drugging, you know, it was prevailing, uh-huh. you know, I said, so I always look at the person that said that, Tracy, I would go, oh, so your little girl's going to come home and say, hey, dad, I'm smoking pot, but everybody else smokes pot. Uh-huh. Or, hey, we're snorting a little coke. Well, everybody uh-huh. does it. Well, you know, I have a I have a plaque in my house that says, you know, kind of digress, but I'll get over. I have a plaque in my house that says, as for me and my house, we'll follow the Lord. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Lance was as good an athlete because, I mean, I, I to- coached him through baseball, football, mm-hmm. helped him with his swimming. He was he had a good enough physique and with his heart being much bigger. He didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, if he wanted to keep things going. He should have showed up and said, hey, you know, 
this ain't right, guys. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. I think he would have still been on the podium because mm-hmm. of his team and his training. But just because everybody else does it, you know, I kind of look at it like this. It's like, you know, we all have guys always go in the gym. You know, mm-hmm. there's always locker room. Well, you know, there's going to be five guys in the corner going, well, you know, I, I got a girlfriend on the side. Uh-huh. Are you married? Well, yeah. Well, you know, everybody does it. No. So just because everybody did it doesn't make it right. Sure, sure. Okay, now, how much did you know? Because you told me some stuff on the plane about some, was it, uh, uh, was it maybe your mom who said she knew something? Like he was getting deliveries when he was like 14? Yeah, what happened was is that, uh, uh, and Linda to this day says no, but. Uh, and Linda's, Linda's is Lance's mom. Right. Your ex-wife. Uh, yeah. Uh, she had, uh, when she had her hysterectomy, mm-hmm. I was on the road because I was traveling mm-hmm. and I was selling. And so uh, her, Linda's mother couldn't come. So my mother came and sat and stayed with Linda while I was gone. Okay. And then when uh, and she didn't say anything to me. And then when the drug stuff, stuff kind of came out, my mother goes, you know, they kept having guys show up at the house with little packages. Mm-hmm. And uh, she says, I wonder what was going on. And uh, I'm going to try to say, say this as delicate as I can. Okay. Is that uh, I ran into one of Lance's old girlfriends. Oh. And uh, who she was said, it? I know one of them. <laughs> I don't remember who it was, but when I started talking to her and I said something about drugs and she goes, well, he did have some, am- what do you call it? Some disformities. Oh. And so when I track that down, I go, well, that's part, that's part of uh, um, testosterone shots or whatever uh-huh. it is. Okay. All right. Steroid. That's steroids. steroids. Okay. That's, that's a, that was a ramification of steroids. Oh, okay. So I don't know who was, who was bringing it out. And again, this is just, you know, my mother saying this. Uh-huh. Of course, my mother's been dead for five years. I didn't think anything about it. I yeah. just kind of went, well, you know, maybe that's getting vitamins or something like that, you know, because uh, I was too focused on making sure that Linda and Lance had everything they needed. Well, let's talk about that, because that's another point that is OK. So I, I read the book. I did. I read the book a long time ago. I was around for the first part of it. Uh, you know, not mentioned in the book. And I, and I just remember thinking, reading it, I don't remember it this way. <laughs> okay. And so they showed Neither the house. Did I. Yeah. Well, they showed the house and this, uh, you know, they make you think it's some house in the hood, you know, Lance and his stepmom and his dad's uh, MIA and all this. And I look and I see this nice house, uh, not that different from the one I grew up in, in North Dallas. And um, I'm like, that's not where poor people live. No. <laughs> so so well, tell me about that. Like, cause, cause you're working, you're a sales guy, like top-notch sales guy. But the claim is you're not, you're worn around. But then on the plane, you told me, Hey, I bought Lance's bike, bought it out from Jim at Richardson bike Martin. When you said that, I was like, this guy was there somehow he was there because you don't know that unless you know that. Right. So what do you think? Well, I'll, I'll walk that back. Okay. When, okay. when, um, when I first, I'll walk way back. When I first walked in to Linda's apartment mm-hmm. was in Oak Cliff. 
bad not good, pa- not good part of town at that time no no and she was working at the ford dealership uh being a cashier mm-hmm. i walked into this little b apartment and here's this boy mm-hmm. in a crate okay and i go sign mm-hmm. you know i had to go through the my stomach's swollen i need i need anchovies you know how about the stretch marks mm-hmm. instant family mm-hmm. yeah so, you know, of course, that was part of the deal when I married her. I said, I want Blanche to carry my name. And she was like going, well, sure, you know, because I took him from Oak Cliff. Mm-hmm. We moved to Garland. Mm-hmm. And at that time, Linda had never lived in a house ever. Wow. Ever. Her, her dad was an Air Force guy. Okay. So they went from this base to that base to this base to that base. She had never lived in a house. Mm-hmm. So when we got married, I said, Linda, I promise you. I'll get you a house. Okay. So we bought a house in Garland, a little Fox and Jacobs house. And Linda got to pick everything out. And then Lance started wanting to play baseball and football. And so a side note, like when he wanted to play baseball, well, I just went down to the sporting goods store and said, I don't care what it costs. I want him to have the best equipment, best shoes, mm-hmm. best catcher. I mean, who wanted to be a catcher at the time? I said, that is. And then when he went to play football, same thing. Other guys had these cheap ass helmets. Uh-huh. You know, I went down and bought a Rydell helmet. Yeah. Same stuff like the pros. Uh-huh. So I always wanted Lance to have the absolute best. Mm-hmm. So at least he could compete with the same equipment. Mm-hmm. So we moved from that little house in Garland. And then we moved to Plano, to Los Rios, mm-hmm. where he lived, you know, around the corner from uh, McRae. Yeah. Yeah. Chan McRae was out there too. Yeah. Yeah. And then we lived in a house that was so big. I remember walking in one day and I said, you know, there's three rooms we don't even walk through. Uh huh. That was kind of like we had kind of not shag carpet, but kind of like that. I go, there's no footprints. Oh, it was all the vacuum marks. <laughs> yeah. It was like for two months, nobody walked through. I said, this is no, we're not going to do this. Uh-huh. So then we moved like two blocks. Okay. Out of Los Rios. Uh huh. And uh, uh, I was driving down the street one day. And I saw this red Fiat convertible. Okay. And I had bought Lance a motorbike prior to that. So he could go to swim practice. Okay. So, you know, we didn't have to get up at five o'clock. And so I buy him a motorcycle. And so he would ride back and forth for there and then the school. And then when I, I was driving down the road and I saw this red spider convertible, I went, Mm -hmm. Oh yes. (laughs) Well, it was going to be, it was going to be a year before Lance could drive it. Uh Uh-huh. So guess who drove it every day? Was it you? You got the convertible, <laughs> Terry. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, uh, the narrative uh, with Linda that she, you know, sometimes you could say, and you're in the business, so you should understand this really time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you say the same thing over and over and over again, even though you know it's not right. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden you've convinced yourself it was right. Yeah. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she spun this story about, you know, not literally, but it was like, oh, you know, we had to struggle and I'm having to like do two jobs and scrub mm-hmm. floors. Never. Yeah. What was the deal with that? Was that just a, to get back at you for something? What did you do to her? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess the only way to see that is, is that, and this is real truthful. This is okay. a truthful story is. When I married Linda, I was really, really young mm-hmm. or fairly young. And I didn't realize that 
after we got married that she was having uh, physical female troubles. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I thought she was just kind of like, uh-uh. uh-huh. So um, that didn't help our relationship. And then the older Lance got, the more defiant he got. And, and uh, I'd say, you can't do this. And then Linda would overrule me. Oh, okay. And say, hey. And then he'd come back in and be sarcastic and say, well, you're not my dad. Uh-huh. And I go, well, yeah, I am. <laughs> he didn't like that. He didn't like that. And part of that is, and I actually talked about it one time, is that, <clears throat> see, I spent five years in military school. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And at military school, it's yes, sir, yes, ma'am. You clean your room. You don't mm-hmm. back talk. So <clears throat> part of that upbringing is, if I hope you can understand this, this is, a, I think, a key point is, we model what we saw our parents do. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, oh, well, you know, my dad was always this or my mother was always this. Mm-hmm. Well, I went to military school as a freshman in high school mm-hmm. and stayed there most of the year. And then I left there as a freshman in co- I, I, that was freshman in high school through freshman in college. So my freshman year in college, I was there. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get to see any modeling. Got it. Because I didn't have any, my I didn't have any siblings. Mm-hmm. So the only way I could tell to try to handle Lance mm-hmm. was kind of nuts and bolts of military, mm-hmm. you know. And he didn't like that. He just didn't like it. He was too defiant, and that was part of the deal in the book. You know, the, they said, "Oh well, you know," uh, one of the sports writers in Dallas had wrote and said. Uh, well, you know, Terry used to beat Lance. Well, I wanted to ask about that. What's the truth, Terry? Well, actually, Lance said it on 3030. Mm-hmm. Okay. When I went left uh, Kemper, I went to TCU. Mm-hmm. Well, for some strange reason at TCU, when I joined the fraternity, what did they have? I don't know. Fraternity paddles. Oh, paddles. Yeah. So you didn't wash the car, you get three licks. Mm-hmm. You didn't clean up the deal. So their corporal punishment, as you might say, yeah, as a pledge, mm-hmm. you know, the first year, you got licks. Yikes. I wouldn't join that club. Well, the other part <laughs> of that is, and Lance finally fessed up on 3030, uh-huh. is if you go back, uh, now Lance is, I think Lance is either 50 or 51. Uh, he's probably, uh, yeah, 50. He's a couple of years older than me. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you go back as he's 50 and you go back 40 years or, you know, 45, mm-hmm. what did they do in school for punishment? They whooped you. They whooped your ass. I remember seeing it, that paddle in the principal's office. Yeah. And you, you remember when you were down the hall and you could, you know, you could hear the licks and the guy come walking in and sit down and go, oh, shit. Oh. You know? <laughs> so Lance actually said on 3030, he said, well, you know, to give Terry a break, that was acceptable mm-hmm. in school. Mm-hmm. So I'll kind of give him a pass. And then he said, well, you know, I wouldn't do that to my kids. Well, mm-hmm. that's good. You got your own kids. You can discipline them any you want. Mm-hmm. So anytime Lance got licks, I called his mother in. Mm-hmm. I said, hey, Linda, come here. You know, I'd say, hey, bend over. You're going to get four licks or five licks or whatever it was. He'd get his licks and then, he, you know, Linda would leave. Mm-hmm. So there was no like sneaking around the corner and taking a belt and beat the hell out of it. It was bend over and take your medicine. He, hated yeah. it. he just hated it. Uh Well, yeah, Yeah. we got that too at home. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so the, so the problem that I saw for that is, is that 
uh, Lance was so defined. He had a very, very small circle of friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could, on one hand, you could tell. So as he got cockier, mm-hmm. started winning races, you know, I remember one day distinctly, it was like it was yesterday. He came in from school and I said, you need to make your bed. Mm-hmm. You need to make your bed. And he goes, hey, listen, the sports illustr- the the sports writer from New York Times is going to be calling in 30 minutes. I don't have time for that. <laughs> <laughs> he said that to you? Yeah. Well, yeah. because, okay, so let's talk about that. Because because he he kind of broke out when he won the Wonder Bread Triathlon or the, uh, what is it, the Wonder Kids? And then. I'm talking about Iron Kids. Oh, Iron Kids. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and is that when, is that when that started? I mean, how do you handle that level of like attention for, for a kid? Like, was there any thought about it or did you, I mean, what, how did that go? Well, when he, when he started doing that, mm-hmm. you know, that was my trek down to, to Jim Hoyt and say, I don't care what it costs, mm-hmm. make him a bike. Mm-hmm. And when he won the first Iron Kids in Dallas by Rainbow Bread, they uh, didn't, they screwed up on the timing. Because mm-hmm. the guy that won that, or the top two finishers were going to go to Orlando, to Disney World for the Nationals. Mm-hmm. Well, Lance won the one in Dallas, but they mm-hmm. said, oh, well, we screwed up. And so we'll, we'll just put everybody's hand in, name in a hat. And I went, no, we're not doing that. Uh-huh. It's business sitting over with a $2,000 bike. Uh-huh. So I raised so much hell that they flew Lyndon and I and Lance to uh, uh, Houston uh-huh. to do the Houston one. Oh, that okay. Time right and done right. And he buried everybody. Mm-hmm. So then he got to go to Orlando. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I paid, you know, for Lyndon and Lance. I don't know if I paid or they paid it. I forget what it was. But we flew to Orlando for the national Iron Kids and Nationals. Mm-hmm. And he came in second. So, uh, one of the things I always get back to is people kind of know what have always asked me, when did he start cheating? Mm-hmm. When did that come about? So there's a book out called the cycle of lies mm-hmm. by Julia Myers. She's a New York times, uh, uh, editor, sports editor. And she knocked on my door one day on a Saturday afternoon and asked if I was Terry Armstrong. And I said, yeah. And I said, what are you? And so she showed me her credentials. And so I said, okay, because I hadn't given any interviews ever. Uh-huh. So she came in, I talked to her for about three hours. And then, you know, I showed her pictures of Lance when he was little and stuff. And she started crying. She goes, nobody knows his story. And I go, mm-hmm. I know Lance is spreading the, his story. So she sat down and she goes, so what'd you think about the thrift drug drug classic mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania, which was three strange races. And I go, well, yeah, he won all three. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. He won the first one pretty good, mm-hmm. but not by a whole lot. The second one was really close. Mm-hmm. I go, yeah, okay. And I said, so what happened? She goes, well, Lance and his manager paid the other teams off. Oh, really? So he'd win that million? Yeah. I said, what? She goes, yeah. They just went in and said, hey, what are you getting paid tomorrow? And the guy would go, I don't know. I get $3,000 for the race. And they said, I'm just throwing numbers. You know? Uh-huh. You know, he said, well, if you're going to get three, would you like eight? Uh-huh. So Lance is figuring out, in theory, if he gets a million dollars and it and it costs him $100,000 to buy the other teams. Again, I don't know the numbers. Sure. Why not? Well, it's worth so a try. Yeah. So at that early stage, when he was not a pro, what Julie uh-huh. said, he figured out 
that money buys things. Money works. Okay. So let's, let's talk about that. So you said, and you've told me, you're like, I drove him hard. Okay. So uh, well, then, yeah, I drove him hard. Yeah. yeah. So, so what does that mean? Like, what did, what did you do that would be different from like the average parent besides like you bought him a bike, right? Like what, what happened there? What was your, th- what was your overall, I guess, theory in that guided your actions? Well, of course, going back, I ran track in high school and college. Mm-hmm. I played golf in high school and college and I swam in high school and college. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty competitive. And that's part that makes my deal uh, tick for sales because mm-hmm. I like to win. Yeah. So there was a Vince Lombardi speech that when Lance was starting to play little league football mm-hmm. and little league baseball that says, if you go out on the field and you lay it all out and you lose, mm-hmm. you're still a winner. If you go out on the field and you dog it or you don't put in your effort, uh-huh. you're a loser. Yeah. So I'd met, I would read that to Lance every night. Uh-huh. And we would say our prayers. And then I'd start studying stuff like, hey, Lance, who'd the Cowboys play in the Super Bowl? And he'd go, uh, I said, nobody gives a shit. <laughs> Okay. I goes, there's no place for second place. Uh-huh. And when he was doing his first bikes, he mm-hmm. did uh, that uh, where they go down and jump over hills. Yeah, BMX, yeah. Yeah. And so I buy him a brand new BMX bike, and he went over a hill one time, and he crashed, and I went over, and he was crying. Uh-huh. I picked the bike up and jerked it up, and I said, get your ass in the car. Uh-huh. He was like, Dad, I said, we don't cry. Uh-huh. We win. Uh-huh. Armstrongs are winners. Oh, wow. Okay. I said, so, you know, and so I'd always wanted to be the best, you know, and, you know, I'd, you know, he'd dog a fourth quarter, you know, YMA football, and I'd go, he'd come by and go, well, what do you think, Dad? I'd go, get out of here. You're a loser. Uh-huh. Ouch. So, you know, I, I, I structure with guys that go, I go, drive them, uh-huh. drive them hard. And I said this on the ESPN, they said, would you have raised him any differently? And I said, I drove him like an animal. I fed him like an animal. I was at most of his races. Uh-huh. Just wished I'd have loved him more. Oh, wow. So, because with Lance and I, because of his, I was never, when he got older, I was never the type, and Linda too, in our in our house. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't come in and go, hey, I love you. No, we didn't talk about that. And, but, you know, uh, when people think, well, you know, what do you, when you see Lance, what do you see? And here's the thing I think of. Mm-hmm. I said, I remember coming home from a trip and Lance was about six years old and he mm-hmm. ran across the front yard and grabbed me and jumped in my arms and said, daddy, 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 I'm so glad you're home. Uh-huh. That's my Lance. Uh-huh. Not this, not this guy that's, that's, you know, developed. And one of the things I think is interesting, maybe, is that uh, my dad was a pastor and he went through the drug deal with Lance and, you know, other stuff. And and he, Lance had excommunicated my grandfather, my my grand, my dad, Mm -hmm. even though Lance used to go up there and play when he was a kid in Paris. Mm -hmm. I said, "Uh, Dad, what can I do? You know, he goes, well, you can do two things. First of all, you can pray for him, which you do. I do all the time. Mm -hmm. And he said, but I want you to understand there's a very fine line between love and hate. Mm-hmm. He says, you ever think that when he's climbing out to us, he goes, I'll show that SOB. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't need him. So 
I've had several people, even Julia said he Lance has such a fire in him. Mm-hmm. He's so defiant. It's kind of like, I'm going to make it. I don't care what it does, you know, when it all costs. Now mm-hmm. I taught him how to win, but mm-hmm. I never taught him to cheat. Never taught him to cheat. So, you know, um, uh, I, I worry about him every day because, uh, I don't know if it's still out there, but it was for a while. Lance is, a, this is the last stage I remember. And I don't know if he's changed, but at one time he was, when he was going through his cancer, he was considered an atheist. Mm-hmm. And I always tried to send him notes through his agent and never got there was, you know, there's a, there's a verse in the Bible that says every knee will bow mm-hmm. and that'll happen. You know, I said, so I kept telling, I said, Lance is not going to get to heaven and God go, oh, it's the Tour de France winner. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. He'll go depart from me for I never knew you. Uh-huh. And I'm bad. I'm, I'm also upset with him about he ruined the foundation. Oh, the Liz. Right, right. That foundation was so good. When Lance was was doing really great and flying high, mm-hmm. people would come in and go, golly, you know, your son's been such a great inspiration. And we've used the website and it's helped us to find a doctor has helped us how to eat. You know, there's advocates we can call and they talk to us all the time. Well, then when it came out, what he did, well, all the money dried up. Now, Liz Strong is still yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, they're still around. They're still around. But I always said, and and it uh, and sometimes it brings tears to my eyes, is uh, Lance could have been such a force mm-hmm. with his notoriety. And that's why I was hoping that he'd come back to uh, the uh, phrase, I wish he'd come back to the Lord. Yeah, well, imagine, I've heard that from a lot of people. A people. Imagine, imagine Lance coming out and go, you know, what I did was wrong. What mm-hmm. I did was cheat. What I did was this. And I did that because I didn't have a relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I'm asking for forgiveness. And that's the guy that that uh, guides me every day. Mm-hmm. Just Yeah, that's a different conversation all of a sudden, right? Yeah, so. because... Because uh, at one time, I guess after he got busted, he said, uh, uh, as Betsy Andrea said, he was going on the uh, apology tour. Oh, yeah, the apology tour. Right. And guess what? Hmm. For some odd reason, I didn't get a call. Well, let's talk about that for a minute. So how how long have at at what point did you two go your separate ways at 17? So when he moved out to. No, no, he was no. still living. With, he was still living with Linda in Plano. Okay, so it was when y'all got divorced. divorced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, uh, I remember the phrase. Well, it's actually in Linda's book uh-huh. that she said I was so afraid what he was going to do, and I called Lance and I said, "Well, you know, your dad's walked out," and he said, "I didn't like him anymore." Uh huh. So I always said, "Well, that's really great," but you know, he sure spent my money. Well, for sure. Yeah. Money's money's always good to spend. So then um, the information that like, like, did you have a suspicion of anything going on or nothing? No. And I told, I've told several people, uh, uh, Tracy, if I'd have known, Uh I would have called him up and say, you got, you got a week. Uh If you don't come out, I will. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about that, too, because you haven't really said anything on this. It's been very uh, you haven't gotten near the uh, press or, or, or anything on on the story. Right. In mm. what 
what's your theory on that and about why about your behavior on on things because you know the like silence often would indicate like truth right but but we know that that the integrity of the person telling the truth is suspect in many ways right and, and <laughs> it, it, it it went from suspect to just out and out lies and so where's uh, what, what's your guiding principle on on what you've I guess how you behave, what you've endured, that kind of thing. Well, when all the stories kept coming out, you know, I handled Sports Illustrated and I called Skip Bayless and he wouldn't return my calls on uh-huh. the beating. So I have a real good friend of mine in Dallas has kind of wired up there with all the big folks. Mm-hmm. And they knew the attorney that handled Jennifer Flowers deal about get Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. I figured, well, that's pretty good. So they lined me up in a, uh, a consultation with this guy. Didn't cost me anything. So I went in and I told him I showed him anything. And I'll never forget, he, he leaned over the desk and he said, you don't have enough ink. Not enough press on it. Yeah, he said. And I said, no, no. I said, what does that mean? He goes, whatever you say at this juncture, Terry, all Lance has to do is stick his head out the, the window and you'll have all the microphones and he'll bury you. Uh-huh. Well, he's done this and he's done that. And he'll say, you'll be shot. I said, so what do I do? He goes, he says, I don't know from what you're telling me, but I think I've got an an indication. He goes, whatever Lance is doing, it's going to come out. Uh And so once it comes out, his credibility on what you've said about you is shot. Totally. If you lied about this, you lied about that. And you lied about this. You lied about where's your credibility. Mm Mm-hmm. So he says, wait till it's all come out and all that he's had to the press. And he, I mean, he didn't know about what was going to come out. He was just mm-hmm. guessing. But, you know, I was sitting there going, let's see. Taggart got him, the drug guy. He had to come out. Uh, then he did Oprah. Said, right. you, know, you know, in fact, TMZ called me after the first session. They go, so what do you think? I go, that's about as humble as you're going to get. From Lance. Yeah. Uh-huh. So anyway, so then when Julia came out and wrote that book, she wrote this, my story. Uh-huh. She wrote the whole thing. And she goes, you know, this story has to go. So I waited till, you know, uh, the guy's, you know, you know, up for parole. Uh-huh. And then I'll go, ah, remember the real story? Uh-huh. And uh, here's a side note to this. Uh, I was in Richardson Bike Mart one day. Yeah. And that was the sponsor. That was the team I was on yeah. before I was on the national team. Okay. So you're at Bike Mart. Yeah. I'm at Bike Mart one day. This is, at, you know, after. And I walked in and there were all Lance's jerseys. And and Jim almost had kind of like a shrine. Oh, there is a shrine in there. Yeah. Yeah. And he had all this stuff. And so there's a guy and Jim's uh, putting these shoe, bike shoes on this kid. And this, and Jim did not see me because I was in the kind of the background, you know, uh-huh. if I could hear the conversation. Uh-huh. And this guy's father stood up and goes, you know, it's too bad that Lance never had a father. Yeah, that's and the Jim, story. And Jim turned up. He goes, he had a hell of a father. He uh-huh. took care of him. He made sure he had the top notch stuff. He was always there at races. So don't don't lay that shit out there. And then I walked up and Jim goes, oops, I didn't see you. And I said, it's OK. So as all this stuff, all these years. Tracy has come up. What's happened is all through the Lance's book, Linda's book, you know, uh-huh. people that, that knew me that lived next door to us, they'd go, what is this shit? Uh-huh. 
you know, we know the story. What, what are the, why are they spinning this out to do this? Right. And I go, well, you know, it, you know, if the kid came from a great background and lived in a nice house and had things he wanted, story doesn't sell. Well, not at all. Well, cycling is a, uh, it's kind of a dying sport a little bit because what's cooler? I know a snowboard half pipe stuff. Like, like it's, it's hard to watch, uh, to get good coverage. You know, if you go to a race, you don't see a whole lot until they come back around. Well, uh, but see here, but if you hold that thought is, uh-huh. this is a, this is a classic example. You'll love this. Okay. I was, I went into a, a local restaurant when I'm always in, you know, uh-huh. and, uh, one of the guys sitting at the bar goes, he didn't, he didn't know me. He's just going, is this about time that the tour is on? Uh-huh. And the bartender goes, who gives a shit? Uh-huh. Well, as you well know, when Lance was doing the tour, Dallas Morning News, nightly news every night, papers every Oh, night. it was exciting. It was, it was really and everybody, exciting. Everybody watched. And so yeah. I had people in my industry that would get up at 2 in the morning mm-hmm. and watch the race. Oh, yeah. They'd be calling me at three in the morning going, how's he doing? He's behind him, but we're not in the mountains yet. Uh-huh. Right. And you, right. Had this, you had all these people that were just on their edge. Well, then when he dropped out, who cares? Yeah, who cares? It wasn't exciting anymore. It's like, and I hate to say it, it's kind of like, uh, and Dallas is kind of a hotbed right now. You know, uh, we have a professional soccer league here. Oh, you do? Okay. All right. You know, and, you know, the newspaper that you know jerry's jerry world as we call the cowboys he's going to host some world cup games oh that's right yeah yeah nobody cares you know why because it's soccer no 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 no, tracy think about it there's no americans right i mean if it was like you know you could watch baseball because it was a rod and mickey mouse but there's no there's no american studs right there's no person when lance is on this race over in france Uh you know i mean Greg Lamond got a little press, mm-hmm. but not. So, but I tell people all the time, and I think it when I drive by, I still go by as I'm driving around Dallas, you see all these guys cycling mm-hmm. in a big line. Oh yeah, yeah pace line, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always, I always say to myself, look at all those Lance wannabes. It's true. And nobody did that. Before. Yeah, no, no one did that before. He made it exciting. Yeah. He made, you know, he made Trek lots of money. He made Nike lots of money. You know, all his sponsors. Mm-hmm. I just wish he'd have done it right. He, he may have not won. I don't know. Uh-huh. At least I wish he'd have said, hey, listen, you over there, you over there, you over there, you're all juicing, but mm-hmm. not my team. We're going to do it clean. Yeah, no, that was the other way around. Now, let's talk about the team. So uh, we are both friends, you uh, closer than me, with Betsy Andreu, yeah. who um, is, uh, she, she, she will tell you about the mistreatment of Frankie um, for not doing drugs uh, or, or, or I, I, I am not certain that that would be possible. However, um, well, Frankie did. From what Betsy told me, Frankie did. Yeah. Well, th- that's what guys that are racing with that that raced with him. They they said that guy was like it was on a, he was on a motorcycle. We go to Super Week in Wisconsin, and so um, but they they saw some stuff that and they and they claimed that they heard Lance admit all of this before he admitted everything, and um, that was in the hospital room. Yeah, in the hospital room, and. 
Lance has taken it upon himself to, I mean, he, he tried to undo a lot of people, Betsy and Frankie is massage therapist, like a lot of people who, who spoke the truth. And I'm just curious, um, do you think what he said about you was the same version of that? Or why did he not go further to work on destroying you? Well, I think the only reason he didn't is because, uh, it's a lot easier if, if, if you're throwing rocks at me mm-hmm. and I just catch them mm-hmm. pretty soon, you're, it, you know, I'm trying to ruin this person and they're, they're not even there. In other words, I always say this to people. Uh, Cause I counsel a lot of married people. I uh-huh. go, don't palm when your wife serves that ball across uh-huh. the net, just let it go. Uh-huh. As soon as you hit it back, then you got a ping pong. Well, you said that. Well, I'll tell you what I said. So uh-huh. when Lance was throwing all this garbage at me, I was just mm-hmm. quiet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were. Because I knew my time was coming. Mm-hmm. You know, so and it didn't, you know, everybody that knew me knew the truth. Uh-huh. And that's I remember the other day I saw a quote says all the people that know you. That's important. The people that don't know you, but they have an image of you. Don't uh-huh. worry about it. Because uh-huh. if we have to worry every day about what somebody else thinks about us, uh-huh. we're in trouble. Well, yeah, then, that gets because then you're, you're you're playing. You're oh well, this person doesn't like this. Well, I'll change that. It's this person, uh-huh. like, and then you're not you. Mm-hmm. So I let him throw all the rocks he went, you know, all mm-hmm. he wanted, you know. And one of my theories was uh, that, and I don't know today if it worked, is when when Lance was throwing all this stuff before he, you know, he got caught. Uh-huh. Uh, I never, you know, I just said, you know, people go, well, you're probably really proud of your son. I go, he's, he's doing well. Uh-huh. Even when he was dishing on me. Right. And so I was hoping that it would some point come back, you know, Lance go, you know, I talked to your old man that you dish on and he didn't have anything bad to say about you. Uh-huh. People want, people want a reaction. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't give them any reaction. And one of the things that I, I tell people this is probably a side note, but I remember uh, I had a interview one time with my pastor, not an interview. We sat down and talked one time uh-huh. and he said, uh, he said, uh, you pray for Lance. I go, yeah, every day. And he goes, well, what's your, you know, what's your take on this thing? Like I said, uh-huh. well, you know, uh, I have a father, uh-huh. I have a heavenly father and I'm not exactly doing what he wants me to do every day, but he still loves me. Uh-huh. And I still love Lance. You know, I, I always tell the same story is that if if I could have a one on one interview and the Lord would give me anything, uh-huh. I'd say I'll give you five years of my life if I can have an hour with Lance. Really? And what would you do in that hour? What would you say? What would you ask? Well, there's a there's a side story that when Lance was doing the ride for the roses in Austin, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I had a buddy of mine said, hey, you know, let's let's clear this stuff up. Uh-huh. So he got, he got a hotel room for me uh-huh. and we drove to Austin uh-huh. and there was a reviewing stand where I was standing right next to the reviewing stand uh-huh. and there was just enough room for Lance to put his bike through there to get on the stand. Uh-huh. So he went through and I hadn't seen him in all those years. And I, I reached out and put my hand on him. Now uh-huh. not grab him, just hand on me. Uh-huh. And I said, Lance Edward, see, nobody knows Edward. Uh huh. And he just kind of looked at me and walked back. And then I left. And 
his agent came and said, he's, he, you know, there's too many people here uh-huh. and they know you and Lance feels real uncomfortable. Uh-huh. And I said, well, you know, uh, I said, uh, Stapleton, his agent, I said, I only wanted to say one thing. He goes, what? I said, I wanted to tell Lance, would he please forgive me for running around on his mother? Uh-huh. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. That's it. So, all right. All right. So, um, do you think you'll ever get the chance? I always tell people this is not in my hands. Uh-huh. And it's it's the Lord's hands. Uh-huh. So he has your phone number. No, but he can get it. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, if you, you know, as as some business that you and I are somewhat kind of around is you can get anybody's phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it may no. take you it may take you a while, but you'll get it. Uh-huh. So, you know, I uh I always think of Lance as a little boy that ran across the uh-huh. Wow. Wow. So what's your biggest takeaway from all of this? Like, like, like if you could give one bit of advice to, to, I don't know, people on how to either live their life or maybe, maybe another parent that has a kid that's, you know, showing promise in, in any, in any arena, it could be sports, could be something different. What, what's your, what's your biggest takeaway? Well, I actually have that on a daily basis. Okay. Cause you know, uh, you know, I get up every morning and go to the gym mm-hmm. and guys know me at the gym and they'll come up to me and go, Hey, my kid's really good at, at baseball. You know, what can I do? Uh-huh. I said, work with him every day, uh-huh. show up at his practices. If he wants to throw ball in the afternoon, please do it. Show up at his, his, his uh, games, praise him mm-hmm. after the game. Hey, you did a good job. Really proud of you. And then say, now, listen, you didn't hustle here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, praise, criticism. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, always say, but you know, I love you. Mm-hmm. You're my daughter. You're my son. And that's they it. need that. Uh-huh. They need to know that you still love them and you're proud of them, you know. But uh, as I said, <laughs> this is a side note. Uh, my church I go to is Prestonwood Baptist, big church mm-hmm. in Dallas. Yeah, big one. And they, they have a huge sport program, mm-hmm. huge sport program. And so uh, the director uh, called me one day and says, hey, I need a coach for my football team or one uh-huh. of those teams. I go, you don't want me. He goes, no, uh-huh. why? And I go, I don't play to play. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can't let it go, Katie Terry. Uh- and I said, if those car- parents showed up, I go, let me get this straight. We're going to win. Mm-hmm. And we're at not going to have trophies. You can't do that at the church league. <laughs> you know, we're not going to, we're not going to, not everybody's going to get a trophy because you showed up at practice. Mm-hmm. We're here to compete and to win. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do whatever we can to get in shape, play the game right, but we're here to win. Mm-hmm. And uh, when kids, when parents ask me about that, I go, I go, what do you do for a job? Mm-hmm. They go, well, you know, I'm an insurance agent or I, uh, you know, and I'm an accountant. I go, do you win? Mm-hmm. Does your company win? Mm-hmm. Does your company make money? Well, uh, yeah. I go, well, then you're winning. Uh-huh. You don't want to show up and go, golly, we lost $100,000 last week. Yay. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I said, you know, yeah, I said, you know, you don't come home and say, well, honey, I don't have any money. And she puts her arms around and goes, yay, we can't pay our bills. Yeah, that's a fun day. Yeah. So, you know, I always say, be interactive with them, help them with their stuff, give them the best teaching, mm-hmm. but always tell them that you love them. Oh. I mean, it was like, I'll never forget this. Is like, uh, 
even though I've kind of digressed from that and we all did, but I remember after nine 11, mm-hmm. I never left the house without telling my wife, I love her. Yeah. Cause you don't know if they're coming back. It's true. I know. I try to tell my husband that he doesn't quite get it, but he's going to keep hearing it. <laughs> so. well, that's when, that's when he's Tracy say, now, listen, you may come home and I'm not here. Uh-huh. And all you had to do was say, I love you too. Oh, I know that's, that's how that's yeah. That's love does conquer all. I hope that you get the chance to make things right. You know, at least start that process. And you know what, if you don't, I hope you continue finding that peace within yourself. And, um, that's, that's, that's my hope for you, Terry. Well, uh, uh, I'm at peace with it. You know, I think I come across as at peace with it. You know, uh, I always, I always made a joke about this to be on the lighter side. You know, he ruined all my restaurant reservations in Dallas. Ruined? How? How do you figure? I used to walk in the door and there'd be 30 minutes late and the general manager go, table for two? Right here, Terry. <laughs> and now I walk in and I, they go, I go, hey. And they go, 30 minutes. I go, what? They go, well, you're not famous anymore. I said, I never was. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Too good. You know. All right, Terry. Well, I'll tell you what. Thank you so much for coming on Truth, Lies, and Cover-Ups, giving us the truth of everything that's going on. Some of your philosophies, I think, are great. I think it's going to help a lot of people. So thank you very much. Well, I, I appreciate the uh, opportunity because I've, uh, I've followed your career. I've followed what you try to do. And the thing that I'm most impressed with you as a person is, is that you believe in what you're doing and you're doing it not for the income. You're doing it to, to change people's lives, companies' lives. And so that, that empathy that I want to help people comes out, which makes you a far better person than, than to make the buck. And, you, and as even though it sounds like a cliche because of the business you're in, I think that your, your empathy, your uh, uh, honesty, would come across if you were a painter. Uh, <laughs> painter. Yeah, I'd be a bad painter. No, don't so, have so, that. Just, so, so hats off. And uh, I don't know uh, uh, if anybody, uh, you know, how many people will watch this, you know, on your, you know, they're kind of solicited to your podcast. But any of those people are out there, Tracy's honest. She's a good gal. And if you have any opportunity to hear her speak, go. If you have any opportunity to use her, please reach out to her because she will change your organization and your life. Boom. Oh, I love that. (laughs) I love that. Thanks for joining me. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it. I'll see you next time.